0: experienced and lived out for us what it looks like to trust God when you're not sure how everything's going to work out. When it's not comfortable and it's exciting but challenging and a little bit scary and you say, okay, God, but because of you, I'll do it. And that's a great way for us to start off bold faith by having this man come and share what the Lord's done in his life. So come on up, man. I always have to put this down after Shane. It is really good to be back, really good to be back and to see everybody's familiar face. This is home for us. Um, I think of, I see my good friend Marvin Bozart out there and I think of something he said number of years ago, in his experience with a missions organization, that um, that, that organization just paid their people's salaries. That, that was all. They just paid the salaries. And um, Marvin, as well as myself and other missionaries, have to go and raise support. And And uh, I remember Marvin telling me that, that that team of people came and said to him, they said, you know, we're jealous of you. And they said, we're jealous because you have a team of people who believe in what you're doing who get feedback from you, who are in your corner, who support you, who pray for you. And we're jealous of that. And you know what? I am so thankful that you here at Lockwood, our family, our, our home, are in our corner and know what's going on with the ministry and send groups and are supporting and praying. And, and just with us in this, it, it means so much to us. We couldn't do it without you. Um, we, we can't. You're, you're literally a part of us and our work there. So Thank you for that. Um, I am excited to talk about Bold Faith today. It is the first Sunday of of Bold Faith. Um, Before I do, let me go ahead and and open up with a word of prayer. Uh, Father, we come before you and just pray for your presence here. We pray that these words uh, on this page would not be mine, but yours. Lord, that you would use them to uh, penetrate hearts and minds, to bring conviction, to bring truth, to bring encouragement, uh, to bring hope. And inspire, Father, uh, each of us to follow you more and more and more. Lord, we just thank you and turn this time over to you, Father. And we ask this in your name, Amen. Um, I'm excited about the Bold Faith Initiative. I really am. It, it excites me to think of churches, multiple churches all over the county, coming together, working together to impact this county for the kingdom. That's exciting. That's exciting. Uh, I decided to look up the word bold in the dictionary and see how it was defined. Um, One definition said, not hesitating in the face of danger, daring, courageous were words that were used. Does that define your faith? Sometimes it defines mine, I think, in certain situations, but often my faith is kind of wimpy, you know. when I think about all the inconsequential things that bother me, and I worry about and upset me. I think, man, how's my, you know, where's my faith? Uh, one dictionary de- definition says this. I like this. It says, "It's bold is beyond the usual limits of conventional thought or action. Imaginative. That's the definition of bold. Is your faith imaginative? Often, mine's not. You get stuck sometimes, and." I think mine falls woefully short when I think about the object of my faith as a God who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that's at work in us. We worship a God like that, able to do imaginably more, how does that go, immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Um, Bold faith is good. What What if many people throughout this county this month begin to grow in their faith and have a faith like that? And Imagine the effect it will have on this community. One of the things that we hope to accomplish at Spectrum was when groups come down, we want to challenge church groups to live boldly for God and have a bold faith. Uh, one of the things that, that we do when they come is we, we pull them aside and, and talk to them. And we want healthy churches where each member is engaged in the specific word God is calling them to, in their church and in their community. Um, so like with, when Kevin brought the group down, they came over to our house, right? And some of the things we talked about were sacrifice, uh, sacrifice is one of the main themes you'll see throughout this month in, in the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 11. Uh, giving up comfort or personal rights, that's tough, isn't it? We don't like it when people mess with our comfort, our personal rights, our time, our finances, our, you know, just our pursuit of happiness. We, we, we don't like it when people mess with that. But that's sacrifice, giving up of those personal rights for something greater. Uh, we talked about missionaries in the 1800s who, when they were called to go out in the mission field, they would uh, pack up everything they own. Right? They would sell off most of it. The things that they were going to bring, they would pack into a coffin. They go out and purchase a coffin, and they would put it on a boat and get in the boat and go to wherever they were going. They weren't planning on coming back. That was sacrifice. They were sacrificing their lives for the gospel. Uh, we talked about courage in the courage equation. And the courage equation is this, conviction plus trust plus obedience equals courage. Conviction of a truth that you just can't get around. You know, God's laying something on your heart. He's showing you a truth. You can't do anything else but look at it and be faced with it. You're convicted of that truth. Then you must, plus you add in there trusting God. You got to trust God with whatever's going to happen because you don't know, right? You're just going out there. You you know this truth. You know you better act on it. You got to trust God with it. Because if he doesn't show up, it's not going to happen. And then obedience. God, I'm doing this just because you say so. Yeah, it's not because you know, I really want to or because of all the things that are going on. I'm doing this because I'm obeying you. The courage equation. These are the things that we talked about. We're challenging kids and churches to live a life of faith. And we'll see what God does in these young lives who seek to live courageously for God. I'm excited about that. Um. Think of a couple stories. One was just here in Branch County, a lady by the name of Joy Wiley who sat, she goes to Pine Ridge, she sat on our porch two years ago, I think, and just really, as as we were talking about this down in Mexico, um, as we were talking about uh, living for God, and just throughout that week, she felt that God was speaking to her about doing something more and about missions, and uh, I think it was about a month ago now. Her and her husband packed up, and they moved to the South Sudan to the mission field. And now are now on the South Sudan mission field working with an organization there. Uh, just this last group that we had was a church from Irvine, California. And as we're talking at my house, again, just it's when things kind of seem to click, I guess, at the end of the week, uh, we're talking about these very things. And there's a gentleman there who's one of the leaders of the ch- in, in, in the group And he said, just recently, the pastor had asked him to start a college and career age group at the church. And he goes, you know, my thought was, I do enough. You know, I I spend enough time here at the church. I got other things. I'm going to turn this one down. But he said, on this trip, God spoke to me about taking up that challenge, about committing to, to doing what the pastor asked me to do and start this college group. And today, the church has a college group because God spoke to him on that trip. We want to challenge people to go back and, yes, go into missions, but also serve in their local church and in their community. We want to challenge them to live their faith boldly. Other themes that you'll see this month during the Bold Faith Initiative are um, seeing the invisible God, recognizing his call on a person's life, seeing the vision and following that call, believing that God is good and that his reward is better than anything else this world can offer, And at the core of every story, I I believe, is this truth that's shared in uh, chapter 11, verse 6, where it says, anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. That's at the core of each of these stories. And you're going to go through that as the month goes on. I want to spend a little bit of time this morning uh, sharing where our family's been on our faith journey. And really, at its origin, goes back... and a half four years now was a call and a vision and it a vision of of what God was calling us to do there was sacrifice involved Um, the vision started small but it was something that God was laying on my heart for a direction for spectrum Uh, something I couldn't get out of my head something I couldn't get around and before I talk about that though I want to share a little bit about where spectrum has been and I want to use a video to do that this is a, a new video that we have and here it is video is done by one of the groups that came down out of San Diego and just took some fitted footage of one of our activity days, one of our outreaches. We work in five different neighborhoods in Tijuana, and if you come down on a Thursday or on a Saturday, we work every other Saturday, um, you would experience that. There was no words to it, just music and, and pictures of the different activities that go on, and Spectrum has been doing this for years and years. for uh, the, the, the theme verse for Spectrum throughout this time has been Matthew 25, 37 through 40 that says, then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when do we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When do we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When do we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Many of the activities listed in that passage you do on those on those um, bath days that we have, and uh, that those are our outreaches into the community. This is what puts us in touch with families, with people's lives. This is where we meet people and, and build relationships. And Spectrum's been doing this for years and years. Um, I, one of our staff persons, uh, Efren Montes, he is uh, 61 years old and he grew up in one of the orphanages that Spectrum would go to and he joined on with Spectrum at an early age and him and I were in one of our neighborhoods, Pana Americana, one time and we we're doing a prayer walk in that neighborhood and this, this neighborhood is actually the location of the original, the first Tijuana dump. Uh, the, that dump filled up with trash and the dump moved, but the neighborhood stayed. All the people that lived and worked there um, are there. And we were, were still there today. And we're talking, this is the 1960s and 70s. And, and um, Efren, when we were on our prayer walk, said, uh, he sees this lady that he knows. And he goes over and greets her, gives her a big hug. And they talk for a minute. And he comes back to me. And he says, Matt, do you know who that is? said, so no. Um, he said, yeah, it's if you, you know the little pink envelopes that Spectrum has? So if, if you donate to Spectrum, you'll get back a little pink envelope uh, in case you want to give again. And on the back of the envelope is a picture of a little girl, about six or seven, and her older brother, maybe 10. And uh, he said, that's the girl. I said, no way, really? He said, yeah. He said, you know how old she is now? Yeah. I didn't know. He said, 50 years old. 50. And that tells me two things. It tells me one we need to update our material. Um, long overdue. The second thing it speaks to is the amount of time we've spent there in those relationships, earning trust, building, uh, building a foundation for in, in opening doors for sharing the gospel. And... Um, it's amazing. That's that's one of the benefits. That's one of the, the, the assets that we have is that time invested in these neighborhoods. And we're not going to stop doing that. Those are our inroads into the communities. And we want to develop these outreaches and use them in, in everything that we do to see them impact people for the kingdom. Um, I think of the story of Gladys and her son Angel. Uh, we met them at one of those outreaches and they live in one of our neighborhoods, Laguna. And uh, they just would come out we got to know them they played the games and you know got received food and help and started building that relationship eventually we uh, have a kids club that meets every monday night it's kind of like a wanna and our our children's ministry guy does that at a different location and so we have vans that go and pick kids up and our guy who was driving the van Dave drove in one day and he he drives in and all these kids just pile in i mean it's definitely not legal here but down there it's Evidently okay. You know, you just cram as many kids in as you can. It's like the party van. They have fun. They, they go. And, and Angel wanted to get in the, the party van. He wanted to go to kids' club. So he jumps in and, and um, starts to go to kids' club. And it's, it's great. <clears throat> A couple weeks later, Dave goes to pick him up. And when he gets to his house, he sees Angel and his mom, Gladys, outside talking. And as Dave gets closer, he realizes that they're quoting scripture back and forth, the memory verse for that week. And so you have two non-Christians trying to learn Scripture together, you know, which is great. But uh, the verse that week was Ephesians two ten, and it says, you know, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which He has prepared in advance for us to do. And it was like the light bulb kind of turned on for Gladys, and she she said, she looked at Dave, and she said, you know what? That's what you guys do. You guys do good works, and Dave who's faster on his feet than me, I guess, Uh, I wouldn't have thought of this, but he said, you know, there's two verses before that, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for it is by grace you are saved, through faith, this is not of yourself, but a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast, and Gladys didn't become a Christian at that moment, but the relationship continued, the seeds are planted, as we move along, she needed a new house, and, um, we, we, we built a house for, actually, Bethel Gilead was the church that was in that week and built a house for Gladys. Uh, we continued talks with her and recently started up a Bible study where she came to Christ and now she's, she's learning and growing. And this is how our program all kind of comes together to, to impact people. By the way, Megan and Solomon are a part of that program. Uh, they engage in a lot of different areas there. They're doing a great job. Megan does lice treatments in the girls' bathhouse, very important. Uh, Solomon is in charge of the food distribution at the activities you saw him on the video they work at the kids club they have their own discipleship group they are busy so uh, be praying for Solomon and Megan but here's where the new direction comes in because this is what we've been doing for years and let me underscore we're not tossing out the old but the question that's plagued me for the past three years I guess four years even is why are we not seeing changes in our communities 30 40 years back to the 70s back to the 60s even we're we're seeing changes you know the infrastructure is growing there's there's water and electricity now in some of these neighborhoods that's fantastic Um, kids are more interested in going to school their parents want them to go to school that's great we want all these things but generationally, the families are still the same. I think of the verse, you know, that says the sin of the father passed on to the third and the fourth generations. We're seeing the same cycle of sin, abuse, uh, drugs, alcohol, teenage pregnancy, all of these things just repeat themselves year after year after year. And someone told me one time, I don't know if this is true, but that they said that uh, Tijuana is the most evangelized city in the world. And it could be. It's right next to California. Thousands of people go down every year and, and do VBSs and look to share the gospel. So what's the problem? Why are we not seeing changes for the kingdom in our neighborhood? The evangelism is happening, but I believe there's no disciple making. You know, the Great Commission says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. It's kind of groups just go in and go back out. You know, there's no digging in. There's no planting churches. There are good churches in Tijuana, but Tijuana is a city of 5 million people. It's huge. And in our neighborhoods, we're having a tough time finding good churches to send our people. We need churches within walking distance for our people because many of them don't have cars. They, they might be able to pay bus fare for them and their large families in some cases to go into Central Tijuana And be a part of a big church there. But maybe once a week. If that. So we want people to be involved in the life of the church. We need good churches in our neighborhood. Churches are where disciples are made. Ephesians 4, 11-13 says, So Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for good works, for works, I'm sorry, of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. When I was still here at Lockwood, Aaron, the former director, asked me to go and be director of the ministry. I didn't think I was going. I was comfortable. Uh, Things were going great here. Wasn't planning, I loved it here. Wasn't planning on going anywhere. But I started waking up at nights thinking about, connecting people from our activities to churches in, in, at Spectrum. I would think about that, and I didn't even know why. Like, I would think about it during the day. I'd wake up at night thinking about it often. I didn't tell Becky. I didn't think I was going anywhere, so I didn't, why tell her? But I couldn't stop thinking about it. And as we felt God more and more leading us to go in that direction, we took a trip and uh, met with one of the board members, and the first thing that he did when we met is he took this piece of paper and pushed it across the table to me, and it was a paper written by one of the staff members that talked about connecting with churches in our neighborhoods. And I sat up, my eyes got big, and I said, I can't stop thinking about this. And the, the board member said, well, this is the direction we want to go in. It's that vision. It's that vision that God has laid on my heart for the ministry. It, it's me having to put my faith in God that he's going to see this happen, that he's going to see this take place. Um, We hired a guy to help us connect with churches in the neighborhood. And like I said, it was tough to find one. We did discover one church in one of our neighborhoods. Trinche is the name of the neighborhood. Uh, It means the devil's pitchfork. Um, That's a pitchfork. Um, It's fitting. It's apt. It's at the foot of that uh, that neighborhood Pana. That's the original Tijuana dump. It's a tough place. Tough place. and, And Satan has a stronghold there. Well, this guy planted a church there. He's young. He's like 27. His name's Juan. And um, the people in the neighborhood who are starting to go there are saying, you know, there's something different about this place. You know, he's, he's, he's humble. He just teaches the word. Uh, it doesn't seem like he's in it for himself. He's not manipulating. He's just, he just shares his heart with us each week as he, as he teaches the word. They're seeing something different. I talked to Juan, and I, I invited him to start coming out to our activities. It's a small church. He can't put on an outreach like a, a normal church can because he doesn't have the time the re, or the money or the resources, the people to, to do that. I said, well, come on out and meet the community at our activity. So that's what he does. He comes out to a bath day like the one you saw there and he doesn't preach. He doesn't hand out tracts. He washes feet. He passes out vegetables. He serves. He's a pastor that serves. And he told me one time, he said, Matt, he goes, You know, there's a lot of people here that I see that I know that go to our church, but there's a lot of people that won't step foot in our church. But you know what? They talk to me here. And that's what it's about, the church being able to work through us to impact the community. And then as we share the gospel with people, now we have a place to send people to grow and be discipled. To be discipled, that's what it's about. That's our goal, is to to have these connections with these churches. Well, what about the rest of our neighborhoods? We have four other neighborhoods, and um, so the way that God's leading us here, and this is as the plan and the vision's developing, uh, we are going to be starting new Bible studies in each of our neighborhoods in in September. Um, We're going to have staff from Spectrum lead these Bible studies, and um, we're going to use something called the Wisdom Method, which is extremely interesting to me, because instead of just straight teaching. What it is, is it's asking good questions. And so you sit in, a, in someone's home and you ask about what's what's the issue that we're talking about here? What scriptures, what does scripture say about it? What do other Christians say about it? And you start to share uh, about it. And, and the, the leader of the Bible study is kind of guiding them through this. And then the, the question at the end is, what is God telling you to do about it? And what I think is so powerful about this is that the whole time people are sharing with each other, trust is being built and earned, right? As as you hear each other's stories, you're starting to say, what do the scriptures say about my life? And then what should I be doing about it? And together there can be accountability there. And as people start to think in this way and start to apply scripture to their life, people are going to start to grow. And the kingdom of God is going to start to take hold in those neighborhoods. It's a great way to start a church. We want these to eventually turn into churches. Um, I I spoke to a group of pastors in training. I talked to their director first. Uh, This is in Tijuana. And, um, you know, I said, listen, we have all these neighborhoods where we don't have any churches. And he said, well, I got a bunch of pastors that are training to be pastors, but they don't know where to go. I said, well, let's get together. Um, So we did. I got together and we talked to them and I shared the vision of Spectrum and challenged them to plant churches in our neighborhoods. And what they can do is we can insert those guys as they graduate into our small groups and they can grow up as the pastors of those churches. This is how neighborhoods will change. This is how families will change. um, One at a time. I think of Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, where Jesus says, And I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock... I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Uh, The scripture tells us just before that that they were overlooking a city called uh, Caesarea Philippi, which was a detestable city. It was a sinful city. It was a city where witchcraft, idolatry, prostitution, all of this stuff, violence was just rampant, and Jesus is standing there with his disciples saying, on this rock I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell will not keep us out. Um, I look at our neighborhoods like that. Like the gates of hell are surrounding them. Like like Satan is saying, no, you can't come in here. He's got a strong grip on our neighborhoods, keeping out the church. And Jesus is like, no, uh-uh. I'm going to bust through that. I'm going to start my church. We're going to set that foundation in the middle of that. We're going to change lives, save. We're going to heal. And that's that's at my heart. That's, that's what we're moving towards here. That's the vision. I think of um, the effect that this church has had on our family. You know, we moved here in 2000. I was in sales. People impacted our lives here. The teaching impacted our lives. I think of all the different elders and deacons and teachers that we've had that have helped us to grow and made it so our family could grow in the Lord. It happens within the church and Mexico just doesn't have that in our neighborhoods and so that's what we're moving forward towards um, that's the vision that's what we're getting that back on a plane on Wednesday and heading back to Tijuana for for that vision to see that come to pass um, it's scary again we still don't know how it's going to work out but we're hoping in God putting our faith in him it's what he's called us to do so we're going to go please pray for us I know you will Um, what about you? What is God calling you to do? What are you envisioning him to do in your life? What are you imagining? Have you been spending time with him? Are you asking him about the plans that he has for you to show you, to lead you in those? I I, want to challenge you that if you're unsure over the next few weeks as this bold faith initiative unfolds, um, that you would seek God and seek the calling that he has for you to live out in this church, and in the community, uh, in your family, in the neighborhood that you live in, at your work, at school maybe. Um, You know, it's about what happens here on Sunday, but it's even more important what happens as you go out into the community. There's, just like Tijuana, a lot of dark places here in Branch County, aren't there? The Satan has a stronghold in. What if each of the churches in this county that are part of this bold faith Take this and run with this and and, and act in bold faith and say, God, what do you want me to do about the issues here in this county and in our lives that we're facing? Imagine the church as a whole in Branch County with everyone engaged, living out the things that God is calling them to do. By faith, have courage to say yes to God. Trust that he will give you the reward that he will see you through. Imagine the things that will change Listen to God and act on it. You know, I think uh, as we took that trip to ask God, is this what you want us to do? Becky and I, years, you know, years ago when we moved, is this where you want us to go? Is this what you want us to do? Move and be a part of Spectrum Ministries? He showed us clearly yes. And when we were on the plane, we were so sure of it that um, both Becky and I decided, you know, before the wheels of the plane hit the ground in O'Hare there in Chicago, we're committing to go. And uh, we didn't want to get back and explain it away and, you know, just, ah, maybe it was the tacos we ate, you know, who knows. Um, we, We wanted to, we knew he was calling us and we wanted to take action on it. And I want to challenge you to do that throughout this month. As God speaks to you to live boldly in faith for him and whatever it is he's calling you to do, take action on it. Tell somebody about it. Do it together. God didn't call us to be Lone Rangers. He called us to do it as a church to work together, to pray for each other, to hold each other accountable and see what God does this next month and throughout this upcoming year through this Bold Faith Initiative. Um, Thank you for the time this morning. Uh, Thanks for hearing a little bit of our story. Tried to cram it all in as best I could. Um, We're going to be around throughout the the morning here, so we'd love to get caught up and and, um, come find me. But, you know, again, thank you for... For everything, really. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and close in prayer. Father, we just thank you that you are a good God. One who rewards those who earnestly seek you. And throughout the ages, you have called people to certain tasks and certain portions of your plan that you want to use to see your kingdom move forward. And we're all a part of that, Lord. We're we're all a part of that plan. And you have uh, good works intended for us to do. So I pray that we would seek you. I pray that we would not be afraid or discouraged, but be bold and courageous because we know you are with us. Father, I pray for blessings for Lockwood Community Church. I pray that you would use this church and the people in it in the community, Lord, to reach lost souls for you, to bring light to dark places, to see your kingdom move forward. Father, I pray for our, our friends who, who live and, and um, just uh, this is their home, Lord, that they support us and, and just are a part of our team and are in our corner. I, I thank you so much for them. I pray uh, blessings for, for each and every person here in these ways. I ask this in your name. Amen.